we've got pregnant man emojis. Why can't we have pregnant Lego figures? It's February 23rd, 2022. This is Rare Encounter, encounter number 86, and feeling like a crop six stink weasel, I'm Abel Kirby. And rolling, rolling, rolling down the highway, I'm Cold Acid. Just keep on rolling. That's what they say, right? Oh, I'm rolling. I'm a rolling fool. We've been rolling down from uh, different exits, uh, cloverleafs. What kind of what kind of stuff you've been rolling by? Scenic byways, highways? The back road. Rolling down the back roads, dun dun dun, cold acid, dun dun dun. Yeah, that's a new song. I just made it up. There we go. Nice. Ooh, what's that? <laughs> that is my scientist. You know it's good because it's called scientist. You, and a uh, you cracked open a scientist. I did. I did. This is a seventh son scientist. So I guess he's uh, the the seventh son scientist. It's a seven percent IPA called the scientist. And I, it's, ah, a, it's okay. a small can of Ohio craft beer, because that's all I can drink of this stuff. And what was that? Oh, that's my other standby, the Palmies Cider. Ooh, the Palmies Cider. <sighs> delish. Say it like Rachel Ray. Delish. Delish. <laughs> delish. There we go. All right, so we got some new stuff cooking on Ooh. Rare Encounter. Like, uh, with the live you tag, you were just saying at the... In the pre-show, you uh, surprised me with this. Uh, we have our live tag enabled. Yeah, I've actually been doing this since, like, uh, around episode 80, I guess. But this is the first time that I've actually done more than just update the GUID and the timestamps on it for each week's episode. Yeah. Well, this is cool. So we show up in apps that support the live, what's it called, the live item tag? Is the, the live item tag live yep. item tag feature in podcasting 2.0 will now tell you when rare encounter is live indeed it will if you uh if you want a little hint if you don't have a way to look at live item at this second i'll tell you we are live every wednesday at 7 p.m eastern and you can find us at rareencounter.net uh and uh, of course send a show email and join the chat there's all kinds of things to click on there we've got our old episodes and yeah, all kinds of fun. The show notes are uh, especially valuable, uh, and a lot of work goes into them, so make sure you're checking those out uh, when you listen to the show, too. Yeah, the show notes might be even more valuable than my voice. Now, I had a... Uh, well, I'm going to table this till we get to other podcasts. I don't want to talk about other podcasts now, uh, but remind me to talk about show notes. <laughs> all right. Uh, it, it, what I do if wanna, I remember. What I do want to talk about is, uh, is uh, our producers. Yeah, our executive producer tonight, coming in a little late, but we're now adjusting the cutoff, is none other than Booberry, who gave us two different boosts, one of 333 sats and another of 30,069 sats. Jeez, With Louise. the message. Yeah. I know, right? We're rich now. We got all the sats. What's, there's nothing left in the blockchain. We have it all. Yep. All right, Bitcoin's over, everyone. Go home. What was his What was his message in there? Oh, let me let me get the printed version because you can put you can put line breaks in boosts, but Helipad doesn't show those. Hmm. So I've got it. I've got it printed out, 
And so let me read it because it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a poem. Or a song. Oh, I wish I was the captain on board a boost of war. Woo! Sam's gone away on board a boost of war. Pretty work, brave boys. Pretty work, I say. Sam's gone away on, a bo on board a boost of war. A boost of war. There we go. Boost I was trying to find war. the backing yeah. music for you. It was, it's a little, I think, I think the backing useful. music should be like, should be like a British tar from Gilbert and Sullivan. A British tar from Gilbert and Sullivan. I don't know if I have that. Yeah. From, uh, I believe it's, I believe it's one of the songs in HMS Pinafore. Hmm. Well, we could do something like, uh, how about that? Is it Boost of War? This is Boost of Urban War. No. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a no. Boost Urban War more it's like. a Boost of Urban War. All right. Now, so we got a bunch of boosts as well, besides the ones out of uh, out of Boobsbury. Boobsbury. So let's run through those. Yeah, Boobsbury. <laughs> the first one that I see is uh, hold on a second. That is, oh yeah, that is after that is after the show. We got three thousand three hundred thirty-three sats from Anonymous after last week's show. Mm -hmm. Then a few days ago, we got. 1,111 sats from the Mere Mortals podcast, and they're giving you a shout-out. Yeah. Hey, Abel Kirby, thanks for the recent Podcast 2.0 shout-out. You the best. Loving the topics you guys cover? It's always a complete surprise, haha. <laughs> no way I could predict what's coming next. I think that's Kyron Down is uh, behind I'm gonna that. come. And I uh, appreciate that. It's always fun to we hear got, from those guys. Yeah. Earlier today, we got, uh, we got boob sats. 8008 sats from Cotton Gin asking, does this make me a boob terrorist? I don't know. It just well, might. Does it? It just might. You Those illegal uh, payments. Yeah. Yeah. Especially up here now. Oh, I think you are. We got another 3,333 anonymous sats uh, after that. Anonymous? Then, this, then yes. the boost from Boobery, as I mentioned. And just before starting the show, we got... Two boosts, one of 69.69 sats from none other than Sir Spencer, who says fruity boost and includes a whole bunch of fruits. And another 1,300, or sorry, 13,337 sats from the unknown boosting maniac for the bone, for the burn lotion fund. Yes, the bone burn lotion fund. <laughs> <laughs> now, then, I, yep. unknown boosting maniac oh. is—I uh, don't know how unknown boosting maniac got on uh, helipad because unknown boosting maniac is a string from my uh, podcast TLV decoder. <laughs> so well, very uh, interesting. Looks here, it looks here that uh, whoever it was used boost CLI. Yes, that is excellent. I love it. Um, we got another two twenty-two sats since the show started from Cotton Gin. And just 25 seconds ago, one, two, three, four, five sats from Sir Spencer saying, this is a new live son of a bitch. Yes. Welcome to the live world, boys. Welcome to the real world. I wish world. I had that AJ clip. <laughs> and Carolyn Blaney just sent us 8888 sats saying, lucky 8888, love the show. Boost chain. Yes. <laughs> Boost chain indeed. Oh, apparently, apparently... Unknown boosting maniac is Servo. Aha! Well, Servo... Not I... so unknown now, are you? Servo, I appreciate the reference. 
<laughs> Listen, it took me through a loop because when I read that, that's a key word in my software. So what the hell? How'd that happen? Confuse the hell. How'd out that of me. happen? Oh, I think I have. I think I have something for that. They're trying to fuck with us. Yeah, I think they are. Oh my god, guys, this is great. Uh, in one, two, three, four, five sats from Sir Spencer. I think the the boost sound is going to continue at least in the background through the show, but we're not going to. We're going to read boostograms that come in on the show at the end of the show. Yep, we the, just read those ones because they came in before we started reading all of them. Yes, so if you want to shout out at the end of the episode, you still have time. Boost live. And of course, boosting live is the only the only way to show up at the end of the episode and get your comment in is to listen live and boost during the show. So keep that in mind. Yep, great way of getting feedback. We We get feedback from our listeners and we even get paid for it. <laughs> It's great. I like this. Yeah. So we got a couple, uh, I see some coming in, but those are reserved for the end of the show. Indeed they are. Oh, man. Well, we got some some stories. At least one of these was a holdover from last week. We just didn't have any time. Um, I got a couple things. What do you have on your rundown? You've seen mine already. Oh, I've got got, uh, some game talk and... What else? I've got manatees. Manatees. I got. Uh, I got technology. What do you want? I want to know about the manatees. What's a man? Oh, okay. These are the sea cows, right? Manatees. Yep, the sea cows. And so there've been there's been some real problems for the manatees down in Florida recently because of all the pollution going into the areas where they feed. The one thing they eat, seagrass, has been dying off. And because of this, manatees have been starving to death. There's been some huge manatee die-offs because they just haven't had enough seagrass to eat. So the state of Florida decided that they're going to solve the problem by dumping lettuce into the ocean. (laughs) Oh, yes. I love it. You know the crazy thing is? Yeah. It actually works. Oh, man, they're dumping lettuce. What kind of lettuce, though? Is it romaine lettuce or iceberg it lettuce? It is romaine lettuce, yeah. It's romaine. You know, we don't want that I anyway. Don't, I, don't think, I don't think iceberg lettuce works so well because, because it just ends up being like a big sphere instead of something that's actually leafy like the seagrass that they eat. We have to save the iceberg lettuce for the, uh, the seals. We have to save it for the vegetarian polar bears. They like iceberg lettuce, you know what I no, mean? No, save it, save it for the seals, because then they, they can bounce it off their nose before they eat it, right? Yeah. There's some uh, there's some other joke there that I'm not going to make. <laughs> All right. So, so I, these... didn't, I didn't pick out any time any time codes, but there's some videos here that, uh, that well, cover it. Yeah, play them. One of them's like five and, five and a quarter <laughs> minutes long. The other is only 40 seconds, so I'm going to play that one. FWC says it's a program out there to feed manatees facing starvation. You know, they're giving them lettuce. It's working. There's the lettuce. They're also seeing more manatees showing up to the feeding sites on the east coast of Florida at the Indian River Lagoon. Oh, they're spreading the word. Yeah. Hey, guys, there's a salad bar over here. Yeah, the the, the manatee are like, oh, okay, let's go (laughs) get it. FWC says they expect to feed the manatees until at least the end of March, so it's still on the menu. The manatees are going hungry, though, because of a decline in seagrass. Now, we know many of you out there, you want to help the manatees, but police, yes, they are warning you, it's illegal for you to feed them. 
Yeah, you're not allowed to feed them, but the state is. Mm, yes, of course. You know, that's one of those rights that was that was reserved for the states. Uh, mentioned in the... the you mean... <laughs> you, know, you know what my favorite right is? The right to bear arms. Because I like bears, and they have big hairy arms. You know uh, who has uh, trouble with the right to bear arms? Manatees. Who? Manatees. Yeah, manatees. They have... Uh, Something that looks they don't like even have. They don't even have manatee arms, really. How could they have bear arms? So what's the deal with this pollution? Uh, just, I don't know if you said just it or like not. What was the sewage city? runoff and the like? Just, it just ends up unbalancing the uh, ecosystem, and so the seagrass ends up dying. And is this pollution from? From uh, South America, flying, uh, floating up with the currents, or is this runoff from Florida uh, running? This into is the runoff water? from Florida mostly. From Florida into the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Okay. So I'll I'll read a line from this AP article about it. The round-tailed, snout-nosed animals popular with locals and tourists have suffered a major die-off because their preferred seagrass food source is disappearing because of water pollution from agricultural, urban, septic tank, and other sources. Okay. Septic tank and other sources. Yeah, so polluted, polluted water in, in Florida that's getting released right into the lagoons and the ocean are ending up killing off the seagrass that the manatees eat. So how far off the coast is this seagrass? It, it has to be in kind of shallow water then. Yeah, of course. It's it's shallow water. Uh, places like the Indian River Lagoon, okay. for example. Okay. I understand. Yeah, pretty much pretty much pretty much like mostly mostly in sight of land, right? Mhm. Mm those manatees. Looking at them, they kind of look, they kind of have a dog nose kind of look. Yeah. Some whiskers. They got those flappy oh, little... Oh, the uh, huge manatee! Oh, the huge manatee! Yay! Well, well, yeah, if I saw a huge manatee, really that's what yay I'd say. Not really in this case. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, I see uh, Russian researchers find extinct sea cow. What? Okay, that's a, that's for another show. I don't know if I can read that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's new. That's new to me. Hmm. Interesting. We'll, we'll have to save that for next week, maybe. All right. Well, I got some stuff left over from uh, last week, and rolling down the roads, as we were at the beginning of the episode, might make some sense with this story. Uh, it was a little bit of a little tidbit. Um, it's a table uh, of the, the quote-unquote used car market uh, based on a survey from, uh, I think it's from Edmonds, which is one of these... Uh, car price among among several other uh, people who claim to have the canonical prices of used cars based on their some certain key statistics like the make model manufacturer uh, year mileage stuff like that and then some subjective category like condition which could mean uh, anyone's interpretation but uh, the uh, they have the January 2021 value of various uh, cars, consumer kinds of cars, the kind that you would might see on the road, and then the January 2022 value. So one year later, uh, they made a comparison in the table, and they looked at the ones that had the highest increase in quote unquote value, 
and uh, of course the the way that that value is established has always been suspect to me but we'll just go with what the table says in this uh, case and they sorted it by the percent number of increase and uh, I got the top what is this one two three four five about the top ten something like that and uh, you I think Cole sort of forced me to bring this story back because he took my image of a table and turned it into a uh, actual what is it HTML table yeah, for the show notes. By hand. <laughs> so uh, I think we have to run the story just uh, just so he can get his uh, due here. How many of these cars are you familiar with? I'm running down Nissan oh. Versa. I was just ri- driving a Nissan Versa earlier this year. I had one for a number of weeks. I know, I know of the Grand Caravan. I know of the Prius, though I would never drive one. Yeah. And... That's about it. So let's go put some numbers on this. We got the Dodge Grand, Grand Caravan, the minivan, had a uh, 2021 value of just over $15,000. And the January 2022 value uh, is at $25,000. So it's a 69%, almost 70% increase there. So uh, that tops out the list. If you had one of those in 2021, allegedly holding on to it was one of the best bets that you could make. Uh, I mean, that's a whole $10,000 in one year it appreciated. And we'll see if those values really, the quote-unquote values, the so-called values really hold. Um, the Nissan Versa, I was surprised to see that was uh, such a highly valued car. I didn't think that much of it, but it went from about a $10,000 uh, value to a $16,000 value uh, in the uh, in the table here. And Man, I wasn't a big fan of the Versa. I'll tell you what, I drove one, and my big nemesis, my problem with it was I could not find the switch to turn off the traction control feature, and I was trying to wiggle my way out of a, a very icy parking lot, and, uh, you know, they, on other cars I've driven with traction control, there's usually a switch or a, a, a knob or something, or there's some way, if you look around the dash, you can usually find it after 20 seconds, maybe, and it's, you know pro- where it it's probably, probably where you expect. Was? It Where? was probably near your left knee. Well, I went down and looked there, and I could not see anything. That was one of the first places I looked, and they had a couple other things. because uh, oh, I've got a whole bunch of buttons there on my Rogue that include, like, the traction control, sport mode, things like that. Well, I was... I had my phone open... Uh, that iPhone, and so I'm, like, navigating, I'm like, where the, how do you turn off traction control on a Nissan Versa? And I found some pictures of where the button should be, and then I looked there, and it wasn't there, so it... it, Well, that's great. I I was, I got out of there eventually, but I was swearing all the way. It wasn't a good time. Now, me, I don't even know if I would fit in a Versa, because it's a subcompact, and even a compact car is just way too uncomfortable for me. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you like those big SUV types. I've always been a fan yeah. of the small, small my, my cars. Brother's small got a, my brother's got a Lancer, and it's it's not that large a car, but it's big enough that you can actually be comfortable sitting in it and driving it. It's not a compact or a subcompact. Oh. They had some good... I've driven... Let's see. I've driven one Lancer, and I've been in... I think two or three different ones. And the one I drove was a little, you know, take it or leave it. But the, uh, a coworker of mine drove one and he had it with the, uh, 
all these different options that I, I didn't even know you could get where it had the bigger engine and it had all this other sporty stuff on it. it was, you know what? It wasn't a half bad car. I liked it. It's yeah, a lot of fun. It's really good when you have the when you have like the all wheel drive option, mm. uh, like my brother's. So he can actually switch it from two wheel to automatic four wheel to lockdown four wheel, mm. and it really helps because uh, driving those driving those uh, cottage roads like uh, we did on Saturday. Uh, is a lot better when you've got the four-wheel drive option available to you. My Rogue is two-wheel drive only, unfortunately. The previous owner had all sorts of features added in, but did not go for the four-wheel drive package, sadly. And so when it comes to wintertime, I don't trust myself to be able to get to the cottage and back simply because some of those hills on our cottage road are not things that I could trust a two-wheel drive vehicle to. Yeah. Uh, the rest of this table is, uh, they're all just above 50% increases. Uh, it was the Kia Rio was at the bottom with 51%, and then midway up we had things like the uh, the Mazda 3, which uh, went up 54%. So the whole table will be in those show notes that we told you about uh, earlier on, and uh, it'll be a perfectly formatted a uh, perfectly styled uh, table that you can... Beautifully formatted. Beautifully formatted table. Handcrafted HTML. Well, handcrafted org mode converted to HTML. <laughs> so did you use uh, did you use the, uh, the bulleted list or a numbered list? How did you do the list items since we're talking about it? It's not a list. It's, uh, it's an oh, actual it's a table. table. It's an actual table. Yeah. Okay. It's an actual table. Interesting. Interesting. Well, there's the used car... There's your used car report on Rare Encounter. You didn't expect that one today. I don't think anybody did. No, I don't think uh, I don't think anyone expected that to be on our show. But there we go. Well, so I saw something in your notes when I was checking them out today. Apparently, we are not alone. No, we aren't. There's at least two other doppelgangers uh, who have, hmm, we'll say, uh, different eclectic tastes. The two indeed. Uh, the uh, the two people in question is John Kyle Hall, who's a certain author. Uh, people who search for Rare Encounter might have found this in one of the one of the entries further down. But there's actually a newly published book, Rare Encounter, a war novel. <laughs> and uh, I saw this before it was published. Um, I it came up in a search, and uh, I finally. I decided I wanted to read it before I made a stink about it. So I, I actually bought a copy and we'll see if it's any good or any bad, but they did crib the name rare encounter after our show was created. So it's very interesting. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do about it yet. It depends on if the book is good or bad. <laughs> the, uh, the second book, well, we had I... the name first, so we're not, we're not changing unless, unless they pay us a lot of money. I don't think we're changing at all. Unless they pay us a lot of sats. And so if you're John Kyle Hall, you can boost us and tell us where you stand on this issue. Uh, the other book that I got was called Rare Encounters, plural. Now, that's not our show name at all, but we went through a phase where uh, certain people like uh, the cast of Grumpy Old Ben's would uh, occasionally call us Rare Encounters in the early days. So the, uh, the book Rare Encounters with Ordinary Birds uh, by, who is it, Linda Lynn... 
Haupt. Lenanda Lynn Haupt. Lenanda Lynn Haupt, who wrote a book about rare encounters with ordinary birds. And so that's on my book review list. They should come in Monday. And it, I won't be able to read them Monday, obviously, but uh, they're in the works. The book reviews will happen, and I'll tell you about these rare encounter books. I have it on. I have it on. Uh, I've heard that Servo is writing his, his own book, Rare Encounters of the 69th Kind. <laughs> the 69th Kind. <laughs> that might be a good one to get when it comes out. Uh, yeah. I'd love to have one of those. <laughs> Servo. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hall just loves them potatoes and anime titties, says Sir Pet. Yes, he just might. I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm excited to see what kind well, of doesn't? war war events we were part of. It might be a book about us, is what I'm saying. It could be a war, novel. but I don't remember going to war. War, war never changes. That's my line in the book. If we're in the book, that's what I want to say. War never changes. Cold acid. Do you think love can bloom yeah. even on the battlefield? Of course. <laughs> oh, God. That's what... If I was in a war novel, I'd hope that I was a lot like Solid Snake. And that basically the whole thing would be kind of like a, a Metal Gear game. <laughs> a high D. Well, Lo Love Cam Bloom is is 40K fan fiction. It's not, uh, it's not MGS. Well, that's close enough. I, there's corny lines all over like that. It, uh... Well, I mean, fan fiction, you're going to find almost all corny lines. Well, they had, they had, um, what was, uh, Dr. Otacon's, was it Dr. Otacon's, uh, line? This is just like one of my Japanese animes. He had all these great lines, man. When you, <laughs> when you find him, uh, hiding inside the bunker, like he watched the mech, he watched Gundam and decided to work on Metal Gear. It's fucking crazy. Not Dr. Octagon. It was Dr. Otacon or something. Dr. Otaku, whatever his name was supposed to be. Found it. Found it? What would you find? What's with these guys? It's like one of my Japanese animes. <laughs> yes! Uh, it was all on the left channel. It came in fine here. From the Konami classic, Dr. Zhivago. Dr. Zhivago. Konami. <laughs> Konami classic. <laughs> oh my god. So there we go. There's the upcoming book review. Uh, what do you have for throwaway topics? We got some, some hot garbage. <laughs> hey, you know who sent us some we hot got garbage? Some. We got uh, we got something for boobs. It was also yeah, our our space uh, coke, space coke, which is apparently space flavored Coca Cola. And I just got the picture off No Agenda Socially sent it to us. It's Coca Cola Starlight, I think is the title of it. Starlight Limited Edition Coca-Cola. Uh-huh. And on the side, of course, it says space flavored. So. And there's a Starfield behind the Coca-Cola logo. Yes. Indeed. So I'm still wondering what space flavor is supposed to be. Uh, if you have one of these Coca-Cola Starlights, um, well, first taste it and then write down what it tastes it like. Prob it probably tastes like alien wing wong. <laughs> and then rinse out your mouth <laughs> <laughs> and send that note into Rare Encounter so we can tell everyone what Starlight tastes like. And Booberry says... I like what Sir Bemro says. Tastes like explosive decompression. <laughs> wow, this tastes like vacuum! <laughs> you, you gotta wonder how they keep the cans from imploding. Yeah. 
Well, you know, in a different world, the... in a different world where carbonation uh, caused a negative pressure, uh, you'd open the bottle of Coke and it would, as it fizzed up, the amount of Coke in the bottle would get less. You know, Cole, yeah. sometimes I wonder what life would be like where uh, the liquids were compressible, <laughs> like like uh, like gases. But Well, for one thing, we wouldn't be able to do water cutting. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. A lot of things would go wrong, actually. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what would be... A lot of things. You know what? It, we, wouldn't be, we wouldn't be able to have hydraulics. Hydraulics work because... Liquids are non-compressible. You know, peeing would be very dangerous. <laughs> Just think yes, about that. Yes, that's true. If, 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 uh, but on the, on the other hand, on the other hand, if liquids were compressible, you could hold it a lot longer before you actually had to go. Well, I mean, if you hold it too long, you're going to get stuck because, because, uh, uh, you're going to, it's going to blow off your banana if you don't know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> My banana! <laughs> My banana! Oh no! <laughs> it's gonna be like Elmer Fudd's blunderbuss, you know. <laughs> it's not yeah. gonna be a good sight. Oh my god! Well, speaking of Elmer Fudd's blunderbuss, we got a, a topic from uh, we got scooped. Oh, we got scooped like Hagen Das because we were gonna do this oh, story. No. Uh, we were gonna do this story about Roblox, and I listened to uh, the Angry Tech News podcast this morning. Uh, in the shower, which is what I, which is the only place I listen to my angry tech news. Uh, so think about that, Ryan. I'm always naked. The, the, the bottom line is, uh, he, he ran the story before us, but it was in my notes first. So that's what I, that's what I count as being scooped. It's not that someone did the, the story first. It's that someone did the story first and it was already in my notes and I thought it was going to happen, you know, and, uh, someone, someone else scooped us. Ah, but anyway, uh, Angry Tech News, yeah, had their uh, number 24, nut, Nutshell Jammer, and uh, had a couple good topics, including the Roblox That sounds like porn. a lewd show title. <laughs> Facebook versus human nature, and uh, this alternative DNS service, Yat, which I'd never heard of, and hopefully I never hear of again. <laughs> the end of 3G is interesting, too. That was news to me. I did not realize they were closing off, uh, taking down 3G. I realized that they were removing the equipment from some of the sites which I guess I should have been smart enough to know that means that you won't have service anymore. <laughs> but uh, sometimes the simplest conclusions are they, f they fail to get drawn in light of the evidence. So that's my excuse, I guess, is I was too dumb to notice. But uh, yeah, yeah, 3G's going away, dog. What was the first time you saw uh, a 3G phone cold? What do you remember about that? Maybe 2006 or seven. Or before that, uh, even. I don't even I don't even remember. Uh, I think 4G was the first time I actually paid attention to the G's. I remember in like freshman semester, uh, it was like a digital like the stupid digital class. They put all the 18 year old, you know, the fresh, the high school grads into. Oh, no, you have to remember, you know, and Gates and or Gates and do De Morgan's theorem and all this crap. And there was a kid in the class who had, a, like, a first-generation iPhone. And he said, wow, this is great. Look, you can look, you can watch YouTube on it. And it was the, uh, now we all had laptops, um, and so portable computers weren't that crazy. But this thing was so small. And he said, yeah, look, we can watch Family Guy right now. And he, he put it on, 
and it played two and a half seconds of Family Guy, and then the, the buffering uh, spinning thing showed up, and it buffered, and then we got two and a half seconds of Family Guy, and then it buffered again. It was, and we were sitting there going, holy shit, this is a game changer. <laughs> it's in your pocket. <laughs> it's just in your pocket, Doug. And that's when... And now, and now you can watch a whole episode of Family Guy on an iPhone without any buffering at all. Yeah, and if you get really advanced and you pay off the right people... You can avoid watching Family Guy at all. Yeah. Oh man, though I did watch. So anyway, I'm I'm keeping that Roblox article and the pictures you pulled out from it in the show notes. Well, let's because... let's uh, let's go into it in a second. And uh, and, and Sir Bemro seems to have to have caught the phrase that I was considering when I was looking at these pictures because these characters look kind of like Lego minifigs. <laughs> He did. And Sir Bemro says that this week's episode of ATN is worth listening to, even if for no other reason for the phrase destroyed virtual Lego vag. Yes, indeed. I did hear that. one. And yes, that's what I was thinking about. What I was thinking about when I heard it is uh, talking about reskinning the characters. And all I could think of is you're not really reskinning them. You're just skinning them. You're just putting the first skin on them. Especially skinning them. Well, you're declothing them, but the skin that you're putting on them is a now, skin. Now, it's a skin. Here's, some, here's something to think about. Here's something to think about. I've, I've had weird moments when I was younger where I would try and make the, the minifigs kiss and have sex. And, well, that doesn't really work, especially when you're at such a young age, you don't really have any conception of that yet. Keep going. Don't let me stop you. Well, I mean, I mean, besides, besides, besides a conception that you get from like what you find trolling through your neighbor's garbage cans before, before <laughs> the collectors come by. The conception of a, of of a Lego minifig. Of how come there's no pregnant Legos? Cold acid. Wait a minute. There's a good question. Why don't we have any pregnant Lego minifigures? What about, I mean, it doesn't even have to be about sex, right? It could be a Christmas story. Immaculate Legos. I mean, we've got, we've got pregnant man emojis. Why can't we have pregnant Lego figures? Yeah. Yet? And, you know, you could take the, it, it's just going to be the pregnant minifig, and then you can put whatever wig or hair or head on it you want, you know? You could do anything, just like those emojis. How come we don't have pregnant Legos? Yeah. Immaculate. Her Legos were immaculate. That's all I have to say. Erotic Legos. <laughs> I know what you, I know what you mean though, because I did once uh. construct a robot and then put a, a big ding dong on it. So there you go. That's my brother and I playing Legos. Maybe yeah. that tells well, it you. Well, it was kind of it was kind of like the thing where where like the girl the the girls with their Ken and Barbie dolls and they like smash them together. Ooh, they're kissing. They're kissing. Now, I was think essentially that, what I was doing with the minifigs. I think that was mostly dark because helmet. Playing with but... dolls is gay. But not Legos. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. I bet she gives great helmet. <laughs> she gives great helmet. Oh, man. Whatever happened to Rick Moranis? Isn't he Canadian? Can't you go over and ask him? Is he still Rick doing Rick Moranis, uh, he... You you guys all know each other, right? I think what happened, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, something happened to his wife, and so he essentially quit acting to take care of his kids. Oh, you know what? I have heard that he's retired. Yeah. Yeah. 
Disney's brother bear. 23-year hiatus from action films. Oh, he did a new sequel to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Wow, wait a minute. Called Shrunk? Yeah, he did, he did some voice acting in his, in his uh, retirement period because that's something he could do just like Drive to drive to a studio during the day, record his lines, drive back home. Right. Well, they're making a honey. But I there is no the kids. there is no actual physical acting. Well, wait a minute. This is breaking news. Uh, filming for a new Honey I Shrunk the Kids movie is going to start in early 2022, with Moranis involved. Yeah. Now that he's able. Wait. Is it a reboot or is it a, a sequel? Uh, I think it's a sequel. I'm trying to find the reference on this. I don't see the, uh, I need something more real. But Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, that was a fun movie. I had that, we rented that on VHS a couple times. It was pretty good, yeah. Then there was Honey, I, I Blew I Up the Kid, the sequel. as a kid. With the, the giant toddler running around the city. That was fun. Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Now, as a, I can, saw that as too. a Canadian... As a Canadian, you know what you know what really you know what really makes uh makes me think of Rick Moranis. What? Oh, I know. Wait, hold on. The Great he, White North. The bit uh the bit that he did on um. Mm -hmm. Eh? He did a he did a comedy bit on mm -hmm. uh, CB whatever it was called. I no. cannot remember what it was called. SCTV. SCTV. Yeah. SCTV. Second City TV. Yes. Yeah. With the other guy. That was him and, him and Dave Thomas. Yeah, from Wendy's. Yeah, yeah Bob and Doug McKenzie. Yeah, that was yeah, it. Hoser. Yeah, Hoser. Bob and Doug McKenzie. Yeah, I've seen clips of that. That's a good bit. I yeah. uh he did a bit um I remember we were that, talking about That's that's who that's what yeah, that's what he's best known for up here rather than his films. He's best known for being Bob McKenzie. <laughs> Bob McKenzie. Oh my god. I was I was reviewing a data package today. Uh, this is apropos of, uh, I don't know. It's, here's what what happened was uh, we were out on site. Uh, we took a bunch of data. There's some notes. And the guy pulls out uh, his notebook page so I could photocopy it and type it in. And in the bottom margin of the page, he had a bunch of notes on shows to watch on Hulu. And one was the, uh, the uh, oh, that stupid Canadian show. Uh, what was it? Now it's lost on me. I was I blanked on Which the name one? and it ruined the joke. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, I don't have the note, you know? That's my problem. There's plenty of dumb Canadian shows. That's the problem. Anyway, uh, we have a couple other podcasts we're going on. We have yeah. Hog Story, episode 266, The Bean Union, where they had the meditation. Yep, bean Union. The meditation gravity dude. Did you see that guy? I watched his videos no. on YouTube. I went off and actually watched him for a minute. He's, um, I don't know, a personality, I guess. I, I'm still not sure he's not just a complete troll. It's so hard to figure out if it's he's just pulling everyone's leg or if he's being serious. But there was like a number of things where I was like, wait a minute. Where he's talking about like his... Um, he is like establishing his tech credentials. One is, yes, and I was the, the best... <laughs> It's like the the best Apple genius in the store or something like that. You know, the stuff he was saying under his breath, I was like, that could be a comedic, deadpan comedic genius, or he could actually be serious. I could not figure out if I should laugh or what. So I could not tell what to make of this guy. It was pretty, pretty special. 
Huh. And then uh, the trolling, I can't tell. Also, another thing, I can't tell if he was accidentally saying the wrong words or if he was purposefully saying the wrong words when he was talking about different physics uh, topics. Uh, I don't know. That's entertaining uh, either way. So uh, you can go hear what we're talking about, listen to Hog's story. And Fletcher presented it too with, he said, you know, um, that's what Fletcher sounds like. You know, no. Uh, he said he's not promoting it or, uh, or, or, uh, disagreeing with it at the same time he just wanted to play because it, it was interesting and i think it was a uh, a success in that sense well it made me go watch the guy's youtube video for a little bit so i guess it was interesting enough and i could not make heads or tails of like like some of the stuff he was saying was true and some of it was i don't know maybe not quite so true but i can't figure out the guy himself it's like what's going on which is the mystery is the fun part Mystery. Uh, mystery. Um, behind the Schemes had their episode 85. John Adams wins silver. <laughs> and, uh, you know, cheese. There's a lot of cheese going on behind the scenes. Some pepperonis and olives. The uh, whole episode was phenomenal. It's another phenomenal behind the schemes. Yeah. Um, they are also... I don't know. It's just something I was thinking about behind the schemes when I was listening to it. They're, the chemistry on that show is... I said at one point that the show completely changed when uh, they got lavish on, and then it clicked. It just suddenly made sense. Um, something about the, something about just the whole concept of the show suddenly went from oh, that's kind of a little uh, askew to oh no, wait, this whole thing, this whole product actually makes sense, and it's a compelling product. And I, it's not just like oh well, we got this guy who's really good. It was like a lot of things lined up. And I thought it was great. It still yeah. is, behind the schemes. Enjoying it. Um, we had uh, Bowl After Bowl, 139, Shoe Squirrel Brewery. And I had to tap out of that episode. I was listening to it last night live. Uh, they're also doing live uh, stuff with Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. And uh, they have a show that is uh, on very late at night, is the only way I can describe it. Yeah, that's that's why I end up tapping out after after about an hour or so myself. But there was, they're doing the boost, they're reading the boostograms, and they're bringing the news and the content, and uh, yeah, that's always a good show. And I'll be, it sounds like, um, in April I'm going to be heading over to a Bitcoin event uh, down with them, so we'll look forward to that. Um, plans are still being made, but I think it's likely to happen now, and. Actually, oh, cool. this weekend, I think I'm running up to a No Agenda meetup north up uh, the Mistake on the Lake. Is uh, It's actually outside of that. I think it's outside of Akron, actually. Um, I have to get the road directions. It's about 90 minutes north uh, east of here. So I'll be uh, popping in Not to see who's there, drive, who's showing up, and uh, we'll see what happens there. It should be a lot of fun. Um, and then, mm-hmm. then, my God, there's so many things going on. I've... I was talking with uh, Starkweather about doing some music. We're going to see if something happens. Uh, I, we wrote some stuff down and talked about it, and that's as far as we went. Then um, Fountain FM on their blog actually had something that was kind of cool. Uh, this is I'm just plugging my own stuff now at this point. But they had a blog post that was titled 10 Eclectic Podcasts That Listeners on Fountain Love. And... Uh, the number one podcast was No Agenda, and then Bowl After Bowl was after that. The Intergalactic Boombox with Kyle Haybart 
was uh, third. Then, of course, a podcast that I enjoy, which is Brett Weinstein's and uh, Heather Hang's uh, Dark Horse podcast. One thing that's interesting when you're looking for Dark Horse is that in many podcast apps, Dark Horse and Dark Space Horse, you know, with the char- the space character in between the words dark and horse, give you surprisingly different results for huh. what is, you know, it might it might may not be clear if you should have a space between dark and horse, or if it should be hyphenated, for example. Um, and you get different, there's different podcasts with different schemes. So, you know, the bottom line is, uh, you have to try both if you can't remember, <laughs> is the moral of the story here. Uh, anyway, right below that, the... Stay a while by Abel and the Wolf showed up on the list as a lightning enabled nice. uh, podcast, and that was our uh, little music bit with Abel Kirby and Sir Spencer that launched at the end of 2021. We put that album out, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I like that they actually posted the stuff up there. Every every time we get a shout out, I end up getting like a text message or I get an email. Sometimes I get boosts over it, so I love to hear that. Um, and that's all I'll talk about, uh, plugging my own shit today. Uh, on Friday, I'll be doing a, an Ablecraft with Sir Spencer and we'll, uh, plug everything to the maximum extent possible, uh, for that. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this into the notes, I think. Okay. I've, I found the, I found the article and yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty decent list. What about you? You listen to any good podcast, new podcast, new to you podcast? Nude podcast. Nothing nothing but what you've already mentioned, I'm sad to say. Nudepodcastapps.com is where I like to go for my nude podcasts. Yeah, nudepodcastapps.com. <laughs> is, is that registered? Dude, oh, I dude. registered that a while ago. You did? Yeah. Wait a minute. How, wait, how did you know to do that? Holy shit, it does redirect. You own that? Yeah. Yes, I God. own that. Wow. Uh, that's a great buy. Nude podcast. I know. I know. Did I ever tell you about nude VSTs? Nude VSTs? Yeah. I don't think so. You know what a VST plugin is, though, right? For uh, audio yes, shit? Yes, I know of VSTs. Well, they have a feature inside them where you can skin them. They don't have to just... They're not just headless um, digital signal processing blocks, but they have user interfaces and... There's a whole series of them that I came across once where the UIs, you know, it's like a software UI where it has some knobs and controls and stuff and maybe some text boxes where you can set presets or do whatever you want, um, where they just had a bunch of nude models in it. And so they their line of... Sexy. Yeah, their line of VSTs that they sold were, as far as I could tell, they were just mediocre, common uh, DSP effects that... There's nothing special, but the... The thing they did was they skinned everything with skin. So they weren't they weren't really useful except they looked good. Yeah, you know, uh, if you want to have some naked ladies inside your <laughs> inside your daw, it's the way to do it, I guess. I don't know. I never. Uh... Yeah, but if I want, if I mean, given that most daws these days are like full fledged PCs, if I want, if I want, uh, if I want naked ladies on my daw, I can just open a web browser, right? Yeah, if you wanted to. Raw dawn it. That's right, Servo. Well, uh, what do we got for we topics got, We here? got more topics to talk about. I still have this video game stuff to bring up. Um, do you want to do Roblox real quick, and then that'll bring us to video games? 
Yeah, sure. All right, so Roblox. I could have been getting laid in Roblox this whole time is my takeaway. Uh, the article was from BBC is, is what I saw. The Ro- Roblox, the children's game with a sex problem. As reported by Angry Tech News. Okay, let me read the first few paragraphs of the article. Read away. A naked man wearing just a dog collar and a lead is led across the floor by a woman in a bondage outfit. Two strippers dance next to a bar. A group has gathered around a couple openly having sex, watching and occasionally commenting. One man is wearing a Nazi uniform. This sounds like my Lego playing sessions. That's all I'm trying to say. Hold on, and here and here's the kicker. After three paragraphs, after three paragraphs, only one of which having more than a single sentence to it, is the fourth paragraph also a single sentence one. This isn't happening in the real world. It's taking place on a children's gaming platform. Yes, a children's gaming platform. Now, I, my feelings on this are kind of mixed. Uh, because as long as I can remember, there's been people doing this kind of shit inside video games, and it's always been kind of yeah. fun. Like, I enjoy the fact that it, that weird shit goes on in the back room, uh, even if I'm not interested in it myself. But, Dude, I, there's I, remember, I remember games where, where people would just pretend pretend to have sex by using just the chat function, right? You'd see, you'd see the two... You'd see the two avatars of the characters just standing facing each other and you and you'd see these text bubbles showing up there like ah mm, mm, ah above their heads <laughs> all right let me tell you about my favorite use map setting map uh, my favorite uh, it's not my favorite as in it's fun to play but it's one that I, I i like the fact that it exists and like of course it it exists was a starcraft use map settings game and i think it was called naked kerrigan have you ever heard of this? Naked Kerrigan. It was banned by Battle.net uh, when it was circulated. And so this is the way that it worked is in StarCraft, it's a real-time strategy game, and you have kind of the top-down view, and you move your soldiers around. But what they did is they... <laughs> this is dumb. They, they took the terrain, and they used it to draw in the mini-map a caricature of a naked lady. And nice. so there was like, it was like a 32 by 32 pixel <laughs> little image. And as you advance through the game, it would like reveal another couple of pixels. <laughs> and it was always, uh, I remember seeing them show up and we played them. And I remember talking to one of my friends about us. Hey, did you play that? Because he had got to the end. Yeah, I saw some of it. It was pretty good. <laughs> you know, this is, you know, the, the 12 year olds talking, but. You know, it's just always been out there. Apparently, so naked... Kerrigan has been naked the entire time, according to this thread I found on GameFAQs, trying to find this map. Trying to find this map? What? Well, I guess she was in Brood War. Or, no, she was in the in the Zerg campaign, even for original StarCraft. Oh, my God. On uh, Comments 31 and 32. 31. Sorry, but half Zergling is not hot. <laughs> Comment 32. Anyone think she still had her Zerg hair on her vag at the end? <laughs> I don't know. Zerglings are kind of ready to go. You know what I mean? They're feisty little things. I think it's pretty hot. <laughs> also, Cold Acid, this is a thread from 11 years ago. It is. It is a thread from 11 years ago. <laughs> oh, Randy for Zerglings. You know what I... <laughs> 
That's getting written down as a possible show title. See, I didn't finish early. I was just doing the Zerg rush. That's all I have to say. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, sure. You, 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 you can say that. Uh, it's not premature. It's the Zerg rush. All right. Here we go. <laughs> I think <laughs> Randy for Zerglings is the show title. Game facts. <sighs> you know what we used to get our um, cheat codes from? was a, a website called cheatplanet.com. Did you ever hear that one? Use that one? No, I don't. I, me, back in the day, when I was when I was looking for cheat codes, uh, they would be in actual published books, and they would tell you the codes that you'd put into the Game Genie. <laughs> the Game Genie, the memory editor. Oh, yeah, 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 you remember that thing. Yeah, I didn't understand how it worked when I was a kid. And it always baffled me. Like, how could you? I, I was smart enough to know it was it was weird that some third party could go in and make like structured changes to fucking whatever game you're playing, like a a different company's cartridge. Like, how could they possibly know how to do that? And so I was smart enough to know it was weird, but I wasn't smart enough to know how they did it. It's, it was always mysterious. It was befuddling. Yeah, it was it was kind of hard to understand when I was a kid as well. But uh, after a while, I figured out. Yeah, it's essentially it's essentially an address and a value to poke in there. Yeah, and so of course we know what hex editors are now. So it's yeah. no big deal. They had similar things for for like the Amiga and the Commodore computers and the Atari computers, like Action Replay. I never use an action replay. What's that? Tell me about action replay. So action replay was again a uh, a uh, hardware or no a memory modifier board, right? That you that you'd plug into your Commodore in the cartridge slot or into a particular port on an Amiga, and you'd be able to actually like stop everything for a bit do some do some memory editing and then continue things like that so you could you could do like all sorts of uh game hacking with it not just not just the basic sort of like enter an address and what the and what the value should be changed to like the game genie but it would actually it would actually be able to like do fully fledged changes to the game there were some um I think early anti-cheat measures put inside, and I'm trying to remember what games actually started using them, where they do things like have the the amount of uh, money that, I, that you had in the game, for example, is stored as, I don't know, it's stored as an integer. And so obviously if you could edit memory you could, and you knew the address of the integer, um, well, first it'd be easy to find the address of the integer because all you do is you take a snapshot of memory and then you buy or sell something and then you take another snapshot of memory and compare them. And you find, hey, what's changing? And and so, the the frame, why the stuff that cycles every frame is going to be all muddled up. But the stuff that's kind of static, like the state of the game, you know what uh, what the state of all your objectives are, and everything's going to be the same, except for the money counter. <laughs> but anyway, well, you you what, can you, actually you can actually uh, you can actually like very simply if you uh, make a way of checking for that, where you're simply checksumming a range of bytes, 
right? And then you keep, whenever you do a legitimate change, you update that checksum as well, right? Yes. And then you just like, once every few frames, calculate the checksum. If it's different than what's in the actual checksum byte, then you know that the game's been uh, hacked and yeah. you do whatever. Right? Yeah, so you can do that. And it, mean, and it means like if the number of the number of bytes that need to be calculated, number of bytes that need to be changed to avoid this, right, gets to a point where there might not be enough space in your game genie to put all these settings in to avoid it. Yeah. So it was the early anti-tamper uh, technology they were putting in video games to stop yeah. you from cheating. Stop most, most of them really didn't bother unless it was a game that you could uh, play with other people, like mm -hmm. two people on the same console or or over a modem or something because in those cases if you want to if you want to cheat the game in a single player situation well you're only cheating yourself right yeah let's see speaking of cheating yourself um i have the uh, world is your happy meal story which was oh i still have i still have my game stuff to talk about oh. though remember aha uh -huh. how do we I so first we of all i came across I came across some interesting articles on the IEEE Spectrum website. Okay. Uh, one of one of which was published just at the end of last month, and the other a uh, bit over a week ago, covering the creation of Centipede, and the other covering the secrets of Space Invaders. So I'm throwing those I'm throwing those links in for people to read because. I'm not going to go through all. I'm not going to go through both the articles, but they were interesting things, and just want to give a shout out. Now, the thing that we do have to discuss is a little annual event that starts in what five or six days from now. Yes. And take a guess what that is. I think I know exactly what that is. That is NaNoWriMo. 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 Yes. The other one. Yeah, starts in five days, four hours, 57 minutes, and ticking seconds. Tick, tick, tock, tock. That's so, how clocks work. So this, once again, is is coming up, and I'm actually wondering that at the end of it, perhaps we should go through some of the submitted uh, visual novels and torture ourselves with them. I have one reservation. Of course, this would be for the enjoyment of our listeners. I have one reservation. Uh, hmm? which is that... And uh, what's that? It feels... Be, because some of the teams that put these together, you know, they really kind of put themselves out there. And uh, I've participated in this game jam a couple times. And some of the stuff I made, I, I'm proud of it. Some of it, I'm, it's like, hey, look, I tried. And um, I don't like the idea of just shitting on a bunch of people um, for making, like, something that's kind of dorky. Uh, because honestly, we could probably end up making something dorky unless we also participate. Now, if we put our, if, if we're just sitting in our castle taking uh, pot good shots, point. if we're, then that's, uh, I don't think, I think that's unsportsmanlike, but if we go out there and kind of, uh, put our shit together, uh, then that could also be the source of ridicule. We're opening ourselves up to the same kind of ridicule we're about to give everyone else. Then I think it's fair. And then I think we can shit talk everyone else in the gym. That's my feeling on it. Well, we can in other in 
the other thing we can do is take the ones that uh, look best to us and just and just play them and review them instead of like doing the two best friends play sort of thing. Instead of doing the game, the game grumps model. I don't know. So you don't want to do a game jam, man? A game jam, man, man? A man, man, I already, I already do the, I already do Toe Jam. That's not coming up in now. Speaking of which, the game that I did for Toe Jam uh, 2021 is, I'm, I've been doing some work on it, uh, adding some new features and getting stuff that we had done but never actually released out. So I'm thinking probably by the end of the weekend, there'll be a new version of Forest Quest Forest available Quest. for download and play. So you really don't want to do and it. I'm huh? looking at I'm looking at some of the submissions from from last year. And by the way, did you see the page for this year's? You see the banner? No, I haven't. Uh, let me click on your link. I I, no, I I put the link in the chat. I'm This is the character with the, the headphones. Art looks familiar. Yeah. It, it looks familiar. What's mm, Same with 2021 and 2020. I don't know, but it it kind of gives, it kind of has a feeling of, of, uh, at least one artist that we know of. Hmm. I don't know who does it. But um, I don't think it's him. Yeah, it's not him. You can tell because of the eyes. You're thinking of, uh, of Simon, right? Yeah, it's true. So, so yeah, it's he, not, yeah, yeah. Friend, so here's how I know. Let me tell you about Simon Ma. Let me tell you about his eyes. <laughs> we used to always make fun of him for it because he even went to uh he went to savannah art school and is a an accomplished graduate and uh video game designer and has gone on to do a, a bunch of other stuff but the way he draws his anime characters he always makes their eyes con concave instead of convex and it is something that once you see you can't unsee <laughs> And uh, I've got some prints for him actually in my closet. I have some some stuff he gave me, um, including including a print he was trying to sell, but no one would buy because it had too many tentacles in it. Uh, it was called Conquering Australia was the title of it. I have a frame of it somewhere. But uh, anyway, the uh, is this running thing. All the eyes are drawn a certain way, and these eyes are not drawn in, in the Doomfest style. They're not drawn in Simon's style, so I don't think it's him. His style's changed over time, too. His more recent stuff versus versus what we remember from when uh, when the whole, like, KS scene was going on. It's what he does now I'm thinking actually like, has more of a uh, earlier Final Fantasy art feel. Uh, was it, who is it who did all that? Uh, Yoshitaka Amano. He, he seems to have, like, some sort of Amano style now in his art uh, interesting yeah i remember when he was at Dischan the first time uh that was uh, kind of a fun era i've got some discontinued prints from games that never came out uh, i've got the uh oh what was the game called it was cradle song i've got some cradle song uh materials that are uh i think they're one of a kind you can't get them anymore obviously because the game didn't come out <laughs> well it came out in a little in a little ways but uh some I've got a little collection of yeah. uh, of artists that I uh, that I've encountered and I know, and it's it's always nice to see one of them be successful because then you could be like, oh yeah, and I got all this stuff from back in the day, you know, back when you were underground. So, 
And uh, it's, I think uh, Simon's been doing more 3D stuff, though I haven't looked at anything he's done in, in a couple of years now. I should go check him out and see where he's at. He's a good guy, by the I, way. Yeah, I still, I still go and take a look at his stuff once in a while. Um, uh, Juniper's not. That was... That was Discord. a, uh, yeah, that uh, was, that was Dischan. Dischan, yeah. That and was that it. was also, that was also one that was done for Nano Reno, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, that was written by Swift. Uh, yeah. Mr. Terrence. Uh, yeah. He's a cool guy too, but I haven't heard of him. Uh, I haven't heard anything by, from him in so long, you know. In a long time, huh? Maybe it's because I'm not on Twitter anymore. I used to be following all these different artists on Twitter, especially kind of Western artist who did anime styled stuff and especially the really cool ones you know the the ones who would follow me back and i'd follow them uh the people who would do that they were the really cool ones and so uh you know so we had a lot of stuff going on but i'm not on twitter anymore and it's it's a harder sell for someone who's really tied into one of those communities to get them onto something like Mastodon, because you're going to lose, like, following all the uh, Japanese artists that you like, or following all the other artists maybe you disagree with politically, but they you like their art, and so, you know, there's some connection on that level. It's hard to just cut your ties the way I've done, so. Well, there there's kind of a solution to that. There's there's uh, there's software that, that provides a bridge between Twitter accounts and the Fediverse. Hmm. It's it's not it's not as good, um, especially if you're using one of the public instances of this, like Twitter Plus or TWTR dot plus. But you can run your own instance of of these bridges for just the for just the people you want to follow, right? Yeah. Well, you know, one day and then they'll show they'll show up, but you can't you still can't interact with them, of course. Yeah. Well, you know, what's going to happen later this year is the entire anime community and, you know, the uh, the hentai community on Twitter is all going to move straight on to truth.social. And uh, they'll have their new home right there. I'm, I'm, Post an anime I porn. I bet they will. Post an anime porn. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. It'll be a wonderful thing. Oh, boy. So, okay. So, no game. You don't want to do a game. You're no fun. <sighs> not, even a, not even as a joke. Dude, remember when I remember when I did try to write a visual novel? Yeah, dude, you're talking to a pro. I've done this before. I know how to do it. We can make it happen. Yeah, I I was most certainly not a pro. I was most certainly not a pro. It was it was it was disaster from day one. I have to admit, and ninety nine percent of that is totally on me. We so I'm I'm kind of iffy on do on trying to do a visual novel again. Unless I'm just doing, like, the development work on the engine or something instead of, like, writing and being the story designer and all of that. But you're talking to a pro. I can help you. We can make this happen. You have have some faith in Rare Encounter. Are you going to write... Uh, are, will you write Painter's Story for me, then? <laughs> Painter's Story? Wait a minute, that wasn't part of the deal. <gasps> yeah, okay, let's write Painter's Story. <laughs> Holy shit, wait a minute. Why don't we do that? Let's make Painter's Story. And then this will be the closure, because obviously, Cold, there's a big wound in your life over Painter's Story, okay? And it, as your friend, I want to help you get over it. And everyone in chat also wants to help you get over this. So let's make Painter's Story for, for, for Nano Reno, and uh, we'll publish it on the 30th of March. It'll be great. 
Look, Bemrose is in. Sir Bemrose, Sir Bemrose also offers to also offers to write for it, and you know, you know who I'm thinking of. You know who I'm thinking of when I hear Sir Bemrose offering <laughs> to do writing. Who? What? I'm thinking A22 right there. Oh, yeah. I'm reading Mita says, I wrote an erotica novel and released an Amazon Kindle once. It's still out there, but not under my name. Ooh. It's still out there, but not under his name. Oh, man. I think we should do do this. Oh, shit. Bro. Burn it. We're going to start from scratch. Painter Story is going to start from scratch. I still have a whole bunch of Painter Story files. Lurking around some of my additional hard drives. Let's just, we're not even going to tell anyone what the concept is. Um, Carblanes has considered writing erotica. Well, Carblanes, you need to put that pen to paper. And write, and what you really need to do is write Painter's Story. <laughs> and I don't want to tell anyone what Painter's Story is about. All I right, think- so in this, in this directory, in this directory for the project, I see... Deconstructing American Jurassic. Oh, God. Rough timeline. Story outline. Tumblr Kara's page. Writer summary. Vignettes. Oh, God. Uh, There's a 3DCG folder of of mock-ups I made of the character with one of those 3D (laughs) hentai games where you miss a girl. Yes! Uh, Art that I commissioned from Gebby and Raid. Oh man, rest in peace, Raid. Yeah, we did, we did a eulogy for him on on Rare Encounter uh, early on. Jeez, that's got to be an, yeah. as an extra in there, you know. Okay, so we've got something. If I you have so much stuff here still from uh, Painter Story, I'm I'm gonna help you sort through that, and we'll figure out what needs to happen. If you want to help Cold Acid uh, with Painter Story, all you have to do is send a uh, an email to show at rareencounter.net, and we'll put you on the list. We're doing active recruiting for the Rare Encounter uh, Renai game for the Game Jam in March. Uh, so if you're interested, oh if you got some talent, especially artists, we're going to need some artists. Um, music. Uh, I've done music, but I, I think I want to focus on other things. So we could definitely have space for musicians, writers, programmers, especially uh, if you have some experience in visual novel development. Uh, as an aside, just because I know we got a bunch of nerds, the game engine we're going to use is called, well, you want to use Rempi, Cold Acid, or something else? I don't want to use Toronto Builder. Let's use Rempi. I don't want to use Toronto Builder either. Let's use uh, the most recent Rempi version of Rempi. is what I know. Yeah. Let's give Pytom his credit. I or mean, what that I guy, knew. That guy's been doing it for a long time. Uh, and also, Rempi has some really cool new features. He, yeah, for all, for all the shit that he's been given over the over the years, he is a fucking trooper. He is. Honestly, he is, he is a fucking trooper. And that he's still doing this after all this time, I mean, that's commitment, man. <laughs> all right. So it's official. We're going to do a Rare Encounter visual novel. Oh, God. Is there anything left to say? I think that's it for the see episode. What we, see what we can put together between March 1st and March 31st. Yep. All right. I'll do the I'll do the draft stuff. On Friday, I'm going to tell Spencer that nothing is going to happen for, for any podcasting 2.0 <laughs> shit for a month. Uh, he doesn't know that yet. I'm, I have to find a way to break the news to him that I'm, uh, I'm changing gears to do some... some I'm sorry, uh, to do some very important uh, emotional work with my dear friend, Cold Acid. And we have to do some boostograms before we close, I just forgot. Yes, we do We do have boostograms to go through. Oh, 
God. And so let's see, where did we leave off? Okay, we got two. We got two boostergrams that we need to cover. We got 4,000 sats from Booberry. Yes. You got a pretty boost hole, boy. Bye. And, and about half hour ago, another 6969 sats from Sir Spencer saying, Oh, hell yeah, Casey Bitcoin Meetup. Woo! Woo! That is it. Uh, anything yeah. else? Anything to add to before we close this new live son of a bitch? No, I guess we're missing out on the on the potato news. Uh, it can get punted. We'll punt the potato. Yeah. Hold the sour cream. <laughs> so for for those staying tuned, you're about to hear an hour of us trying to figure out how to how to set our status off from live and back to standby. But uh, until then, until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been cold acid. Uh, stay fruity, boys. Adios. I had a good woman. But she laid down honey and died. Oh, I had a good woman. But she laid down.